gentlemen we plead the blood of Jesus Jesus's blood made it possible for us to be even considered to spend eternity with God in heaven so yes we plead the blood of Jesus it was the blood of Jesus the very blood of Jesus that was spilt all over the ground that day that bought our salvation It took our sins, took our iniquities, and allowed us an opportunity to transform, truly transform, not transgender, but truly transform into another person completely. And that is why it is so difficult for people to believe that when a person that they knew is no longer the person that they are familiar with, it's so hard for them to believe that it's real. And too many people will look at somebody who just changed and transformed into a child of God and say, that person is a fraud. Because in the earthly world that we live in, a zebra doesn't change its stripes and a a leopard doesn't change its spots. But with Christ, all things are possible. Through him, all things are possible. And so when somebody says, you can't show me proof that God exists, the proof is your own transformation from who you were to who you are. But they will never believe that because they will never believe that a person can change and transform from one person to another but yet they believe in transgenderism. So it's just like an atheist that needs more faith to believe God doesn't exist than he does to believe God does exist. People of this world believe that you can change your gender, which is scientifically impossible. Trust the science though, right? But they don't believe that you can be spiritually transformed from one person to another person with different desires, a different heart, different personality, different everything. Jeremy, I thought we were watching a movie day at four yesterday. Was I mistaken? No, you weren't mistaken. But if you follow me on social media anywhere, Telegram, Getter, Instagram, True Social, uh, I put out a, uh, a, cli- a, uh, a statement yesterday that said that we were not doing a four o'clock show yesterday because of a family emergency. And that I'd be back today by the grace of God. And I'm here today. 
Now, while this is a personal matter that doesn't really, it's not a personal matter of my immediate family in my home, but it's something that happened with my sister and my brother-in-law, and I've not decided yet whether I want to be transparent enough to let everybody know, but it's not good. And yes, it's the same brother-in-law who was trying to force Christianity on my sister that I talked about last week. And unfortunately, there's a lot more to the story than that that I didn't know about. And it's a lot worse than you think. So, uh, yes, if you guys can pray for me today, uh, that would be amazing. I would welcome those prayers. When I told Eli about it this morning when he got into work, his jaw hit the floor and he's like, what? So, yes, every Sunday at four, there will be a movie. But I highly suggest following me on some kind of social media so that if something happens like that, then you can be informed. And I would hope that somebody put it in the LFA family page. Eli, did they do that yesterday? I didn't even think about that. Check the LFA family page on on Facebook. Um, Barbara says, no need to share. It's your family. Yeah, but, you know, they did share it. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, yesterday, uh, by the way, folks, if you don't have any other social media but Facebook, please join the LFA family Facebook page. Cindy Lou, who runs that. Um, but yeah, it's a very, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. Never think that you can't be shocked or surprised. Because yesterday when I was in church, my phone, I leave my phone in my truck when I go into church. And I went into, uh, when I went back out to my truck yesterday after church, my phone was, my mom had been blowing up my phone. And uh, yeah, I was surprised. I was shocked. Of all the things that you get a phone call to hear, I was not expecting that yesterday. Uh, anyway, I'd also like to uh, ask for prayers for Twanity, who's watching today in the, in the comment section. Twanity lost her mother. Uh, so it sounds like there's been a lot of uh, trials this weekend. Uh, for people in our LFA family. So let's go to the Lord in prayer now. Uh, Let's keep those people in our minds. Let's keep anybody that's asking for prayers uh, in our prayers as we go to the Lord this morning. And uh, I titled today's show, Discipline is Painful but Pleasant. Discipline is Painful but Pleasant. We're going to get deep into that today as we are 98 episodes into Rise Up. So glad you guys are here to start off this Monday morning. Please do me the favor uh, of sharing this video, rumbling this video. The LFA producer, Eli, put the link to the LFA family page in the chat. If you want to slow the chat down, copy it and paste it, okay? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God in heaven, Lord, we come to you today humbly humbly seeking your guidance and your advice, trusting in everything that you say and in every direction that you guide us upon. Lord, we know that your way is the only way and that your will is all that matters. Lord, we also know that when trials, not if, but when trials come, that we can lean on you for comfort, for advice, for healing, 
for love. And Lord, we ask that you comfort those in need today who have had some terrible things happen to them recently. People passing away, people coming down with disease, people being arrested, people being assaulted. Lord, the world is a very evil place. And as evil grows, we pray that you use this network and this show, this Godcast, to eradicate any evil that comes our way. And that any that gets through, you help us deal with according to your will and on your time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so, Eli, I'm wrestling with this right now. Yeah, I know, but you know that's not me. Um, I'm wrestling with not whether I want to allow this information out there right now. I'm not wrestling with that or not. I have no problem telling people the things that are going on in my life. I'm trying to decide whether me telling anybody what's going on is going to hurt other people or not. you guys know me and Eli knows me too and it's um I think right now we'll just go to one minute prayer for dads Diane said lost a nephew and a sister-in-law last week my husband preached at my nephew's funeral really hard time then found out about his sister See, we're all, we all, and God tells us in the Bible, doesn't he? He doesn't tell us if bad things are going to happen. He said when trials, problems, and bad things come your way. Diana, we're very sorry about what you're going through. Twanity, we're very sorry about what you're going through. Because what I'm going through is not death. So how can I... When other people are going through death, it's really hard to talk about anything that's going on in your life because people are definitely dealing with more than, than I am, uh, for sure, when, when you're talking about people passing away. Um, let's go to the Lord uh, in this one-minute prayer for dads right now. And I'm going to be reading from Romans 14, 12. Titled, Duty and Responsibility. We all have duties. And we all have responsibilities, don't we? We all have obligations. And if if we're children of God, and if we're followers of Christ... 
then we need to honor those duties. We need to honor those responsibilities. And we need to honor those obligations. No matter how much it hurts. And I want you guys to keep in mind the title of today's show. Discipline is painful, but pleasant. Romans 14, 12. Each of us will give an account of himself to God. Being a father is like being given a sum of money to invest for 18 years. At the end of that time, we would expect to see a return on the investment in the form of a reliable man or woman who has landed at adulthood on his or her feet with his or her faith intact. We dads can look into the faces of the treasure entrusted to us and see great hope waiting for us to harness all of our child's possibilities. Father, someday I will give an account to you of the way that I lived and the way that I raised my children. That puts the fear of God into me. I know that there are no do-overs for my kids and their, chil- and their childhoods. They get one shot at growing up, and I get one shot of growing them up. I pray that my dad's skills will see my kids grow up spiritually strong and emotionally mature. Help me now, Lord, even today as I move along toward eternity and the day I must stand before you for an accounting. Now, guys, we know that the, the worst thing that a person will ever hear, where there's no going back, is flee from me, I never knew you. You worker of iniquity. That is something that if you hear that, you cannot make amends. You cannot go back. There are no do-overs, just like with raising your children. Except with your children, you have a chance to redeem yourself and your relationship with your child over time. But when that day comes to God, When that day comes with Jesus, there is no time. So when people say to you, get right with Jesus now, they're not saying, oh, I'm better than you. You should do what I'm doing. They're warning you. They're warning you. And wouldn't you rather be safe than sorry? And for all you atheists out there that have insurance but don't believe in God, why do you have insurance on your car? Why do you have insurance on your house? Why do you have insurance on your health, but you don't have insurance on your soul? Does that make sense? That doesn't make sense to me. You have insurance on all things that are temporary. You have insurance on all things that are going to pass away. No matter what, they will. That's for certain. But you don't have insurance on your everlasting soul, on where your soul, because it is eternal. Your flesh isn't, but your soul is. Your personality, who you are, everything that makes you you, that's eternal. That's going to be somewhere. It's not just going to remain on this earth floating around like a ghost. It's going to go somewhere. Why wouldn't you want to have insurance for your soul? 
It only makes sense. Who you are. Who you are was not manufactured in a factory. Who you are is not plugged into a wall and somebody's feeding you your thoughts and your emotions. Everything in this world that you know that is not living, that is not biological, needs to be powered by something. Your car, your toaster, your TV, your vacuum cleaner, your phone, this computer, this studio, everything, your coffee machine, the things that make your clothes, everything in this world has a source of power. So wouldn't you be a moron or some kind of stupid To not believe that you have a source of power, the most ultimate created being of all time? Do you think you were manufactured somewhere? Where do you think your thoughts come from? The Big Bang? Nothing collided with nothing and made perfection? Don't be stupid. Where do you think your dreams come from? Where do you think your desires come from? Where do you think your taste and your love and your your feelings come from? You think they come out of thin air? You think that they come from the same place that happened at the Big Bang? Nothing creates all of these things? You have to be a special kind of stupid to not have that common sense. Who is powering you? Food? That's what some atheist agnostic would say. Well, food is powering you. Oh, is food powering your thoughts? Did I eat this hamburger and then have the ability to think I needed to cross a road? Did I drink a chocolate shake and realize that I need to have a responsible way about parenting? Food sustains you and allows you to move. But who's powering you? And if you don't think that anything is powering you, then you're not worth having a conversation with. I'd I'd be better off having a conversation with an inanimate object like a wall. And I never understand why an atheist or an agnostic exists. Okay, let me, let me take that back. I'll take, I'll take that back. I can understand why an agnostic exists. But for me to even entertain that atheism is even a valid point of view or a valid opinion, that is not valid. It's so stupid that I don't even want to have their conversation. I would much rather have the dumb conversation about how men can't be women and women can't be men than to have a conversation with an atheist who believes that nothing created everything and continues to create everything. It makes no sense. It's not a rational adult conversation to have with somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, it's very hard for me today to do this show with all of this stuff on my mind and to not talk about it. And since I titled the show Discipline is Painful but Pleasant, let me kind of get to the bottom of why I think God directed me to this verse today. 
And that is this. Who took the ultimate punishment? Who took the ultimate punishment in this world that we know of? Jesus. Now you may say, well, other people have taken far worse physical punishment than Jesus. I would argue that, but I would say, okay, let's say some medieval torture days, right? Where they kept people alive for like a month, torturing them every single day. I would say, okay, you may be, you may be right there. Maybe Jesus wasn't disciplined more than anybody was on this earth physically. However, he was disciplined more than anybody on this earth because he was tortured and murdered for stuff he did not do. Now today, I'm sure there are people who are put to death in the prison system, right? Who are innocent, but they get gas chambered or they get an injection and they go to sleep. But Jesus took the sin of the world in one of the most painful ways possible that we know to man that we know in, in, in the history of mankind, and he did absolutely nothing wrong. He didn't deserve it. And God punished him. Why? Why? Love. But Jeremy, what kind of a parent would allow their children to be beat and tortured out of love? That's the crazy part, isn't it? God didn't allow his son to be beat and tortured and murdered because he loved him. He allowed his son to be beat and tortured and murdered because he loved you, the people who killed him. And he knew that the only way for you and him to love each other was to allow you to do that to him. He allowed punishment. He allowed discipline to be administered upon his son because he loves you. Why do we discipline our children? Because we love them. If we did not love our children, we would not discipline them. Do you remember being a child? Do you remember being punished? Do you remember being disciplined? Do you remember thinking, this is not fair? This is not fair. What I did did not deserve this kind of punishment. All I did was steal a little piece of candy from the store. Why am I grounded for a month? All I did was swear. And now I got soap in my mouth and now I'm grounded for a month? That's not fair. Well, guess what, folks? Life isn't fair. And it wasn't fair that Jesus was tortured and murdered for nothing. So I think it's fair to say that if you get punished for a month for stealing or lying or fornicating or lusting or swearing or whatever it is that you did, then your punishment is justified. Because Jesus got capital punishment for something he didn't even do. And the fact that you're being disciplined as a child shows that your parents love you. If they didn't love you, they wouldn't give a crap and they wouldn't discipline you. Amen? We try to tell our children that all the time. We know when our children are looking at us sideways, like, how dare you punish me? And I look at my child and I say, don't give me that look. I'm doing this for your own good. And I remember being told that when I was a kid. I remember being told that when I was a kid, rolling my eyes. I'm doing this for your own good. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. 
Discipline is needed, especially in a world of sin, especially when you're born into sin. You have to nip things in the bud immediately, and you have to continue to do so. It is your duty. It is your responsibility and your obligation as a parent to do so, much like it's God's responsibility and duty and obligation to punish us and administer discipline upon us when we do wrong. Now, when you're a Christian, the discipline and punishment that is administered upon you when you do wrong is conviction through the Holy Spirit. And your guilty conscience, con meaning with, science meaning knowledge, you are with knowledge and you've done wrong. Your guilty conscience is almost too much to bear when you are an absolute real Christian. However, when you're an adult and you do something wrong and you have to be disciplined by authorities, judges, law enforcement, you might think to yourself, this is not fair. The punishment is not fitting the crime. I only drove drunk. Well, what could have happened? Maybe you didn't kill somebody. Maybe you just drove drunk and you sped through town and the cops pulled you over and they gave you a breathalyzer test. They found out that you were drunk. Thank God nothing worse happened than already did that you getting behind the wheel of a car, putting everybody that is on the road at risk, children, old people, mothers, fathers, men, women, trannies, whatever. You're putting everybody at risk because of your actions. Even though you didn't do anything like kill anybody, you still deserve whatever punishment you get. Why? Because you have to learn your lesson. You have to learn your lesson. I, I'm gonna re, I'm gonna reiterate this, and I'm gonna vi- revisit this. I should say when I do the newsletter, when I read the morning verse of the day to you. But do you think that when I sat in a maximum security prison for 13 months in solitary confinement, that I deserved to be there? Maximum security prisons are reserved for murderers, rapists, sex offenders. Uh. Uh, massive drug offenders, weapons, assault offenders. I didn't do any of those things. I did nothing that actually required for me to go to a maximum security prison, or so I thought. But I did do one thing. I did not report back to a work release center. And unbeknownst to me, I didn't know that that's called escape. And when you escape, you have to go to a maximum security prison because you are guilty of escape. Do you know that's the best thing that ever happened to me? That is the best thing that ever happened to me. Being punished beyond anything that I believed I deserved. Best thing that ever happened to me. Would never change it for a minute. The, 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 the ID number K65989 is going to be synonymous with my name. It is going to symbolize who I was forever. Keyword was. I deserved the punishment. I deserved the discipline. I deserved to be with murderers and rapists because why? Because if I had continued to go down that road, then I would have been somebody that did that kind of a crime. Not raping, not obviously not raping, but you know what I'm saying? Capital crime, capital punishment. I was heading down a road that was going to lead me to that exact same fate. So me having been disciplined and punished more than I deserved was the best thing that ever happened to me. 
And Jesus being punished and disciplined far more than he deserved was the best thing that ever happened for humanity. Discipline is painful but pleasant. And sometimes, sometimes, God intervenes with punishment more severe than you may deserve so that you don't go and do what you were on the path to do. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me. Because now that I know God, and now that I know Jesus, I understand that God does things that we don't understand at the time. But hindsight kicks in and we go, hey, had that not happened, I may have done this. I may have done that. So sometimes the punishment doesn't seem to fit the crime. But if you're being punished for something, maybe it's not for what you did. Maybe it's for what you're going to do. And maybe, just maybe, the punishment that you get for what you're going to do is so severe that it puts things into perspective, puts you on your knees, humbles you, and makes you realize that if you continue to go down the path that you were going, then the punishment that you just got now is nothing compared to what is going to come. So you may not deserve it. You may not feel you deserve it. But trust me, you do. You do. God is trying to stop you from doing something very, very bad. And that's what happened in my family yesterday. Not my immediate family. Not within the confines of my four walls and my roof with my children and my wife. But in my family of sister, brother-in-law, life, children. Yes, bad things happen. And I think the punishment is going to be needing, is needing to be severe because the path that some people are on would allow them to do far worse. I'm going to move on to the Bible promise book for mornings and evenings. And it surprised me today. First of all, let me just tell you this. I came to work early this morning because of everything that's happening in life. Oh, and by the way, went into the weekend. Lovely, lovely Friday evening, lovely Saturday. Rosa Catalano donated some money to take the family out to dinner because, you know, it's hard to take seven people out to dinner. And uh, we accepted that gift humbly. We went out for dinner Saturday night. It was wonderful. Went to church Sunday morning. Wonderful. Great sermon, as a matter of fact. Our pastor was talking about inaugurations and ceremonial beginnings of leadership. Like we have inaugurations, other presidents in other countries have different, all the, going all the way back to Egypt and all, all the way back, there's always been a ceremonial inauguration of leadership, right? Somebody, a new leader coming into power. So Jesus' uh, inauguration of his leadership into ministry was his baptism by John. 
So while Jesus didn't need to be baptized, Jesus literally identified with his full human self to show humans how to come to God. And he was ceremoniously baptized by John the Baptist, even though he didn't need to be because he knew no sin. But it was his ceremonial inauguration of leadership. And I thought it was a wonderful, absolute wonderful message. And then to come out to the news that I had gotten, it, it was just changed everything. And ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you, if this was 2015 Jeremy, 2015 Jeremy would not be here talking to you today. He'd be in a nice orange jumpsuit right now. Praying in a five by eight cell, which I'm very familiar with. So when I came to this work this morning early, I had a verse from Psalms that I was going to do today. And I had it all, I was reading it. I knew what I wanted to say. I thanked God. I had things typed out and I erased them. Something didn't feel right. Something did not feel right. So I erased it. And I bowed my head and I said, God, God, tell me what you want me to know today. Tell me what you want me to know and to feel and to pass on to people. Please, Lord, this doesn't feel right. Psalm didn't feel right this morning. So you know what God directed me to? He directed me to, this is what, this is what popped into my head. Hebrews 12.3. That's what popped into my head. Hebrews 12.3. So I went to Hebrews. Not Hebrews. Get it? I went to Hebrews 12.3. And this is what I read. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood, and you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? And it perplexed me. Why is God sending me to this verse? I was confused. And then I read the entire chapter in context. And when I read... When I read the entire chapter of Hebrews 12 in context, I knew immediately what God was trying to tell me. So let me read, and then I opened up this book this morning before we came on to see what I was going to be reading for you today, because I didn't know. And it came to this page, which is titled, Justice. Psalm 36.6. Now, originally I was going to be in Psalm. It says, your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your justice like the ocean depths. You care for people and animals alike, O Lord. Psalm 36.6. Ready for this? You ready for this? It's going to blow your mind. Everybody see my phone right now? This is the screenshot that I took this weekend. And it was on my mind to do the verse of the day about it today. Does everybody see that? Let me make it bigger so you can see the actual verse. 
Psalm 36.6. I opened this book this morning after I was going to do that verse. Psalm 36.6. So I was going to do the newsletter, Psalm 36.6. I found it here. I mean, I screenshot it here on Saturday. I was going to dig into this today, and I was going to do the verse of the day about that today. I opened up today's, today's thing. Here's the tassel, and Psalm 36.6 was there. Then it goes on. Zechariah 7, 8, 10. And the word of the Lord came again to Zechariah. This is what the Lord Almighty said. Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the foreigner or the poor. Do not plot evil against one another. Our our object lesson in justice is the cross. For, for though it, for through it, the Father exacted justice for the sins of the world. Jesus was punished for our sins to make us right with our loving Father. We must pass justice on to others as it has been given to us. Father, when I am tempted to be unfair, bring me to the cross. You have paid the price. When I tell you guys to listen to what God is saying, that's what I'm talking about. I almost broke down in tears this morning when I realized all of this. W. Wilson says, well, look at God. He speaks to us if we pay attention. He does. Kristen Donovan says, you can't even make this up. When he speaks to us so clearly. Discipline of this country is coming one way or the other, says Bad Moon. You're right, brother. Dan says, wow, God is good. God chick, wowee. Oh, wretched man, yes, the cross has everything we need. Your answer is in the cross. What was the Zach verse? It was um, Zechariah 7, 8 through 10. Zechariah 7, 8 through 10. Angel Girl says, God tells us to keep our eyes on him. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Folks, there's 1,100 of you watching right now. If you guys could do me the favor, please share this video. Uh, Rumble this video, too. If you've not liked this video, you might want to refresh to make sure that your Rumble has counted because sometimes your, your Rumble doesn't count. So please refresh the video. Make sure that that thumbs up is green. I want to play a video for you, if I can. Pull it up here. Uh, Them, they. You guys hear that a lot, right? Them, they. Right? The transgenders want to be called them, they. They don't want to be called he, she, or her, or that, or that. They want to be called them, they, right? They don't want a specific pronoun. Then I thought of something about two weeks ago. While I was reading about the, uh, when Jesus came upon the shore and there was that man with many demons in him, 
Legion, we are Legion. And he ran to Jesus. And when he realized that Jesus was Jesus, he dropped to his knees and said, please, please, please don't, you know, don't hurt me. Don't cast us away uh, far, far away. If you're going to cast us into anything, cast us into those pigs over there. And demons were called them, they, all of them. Go back to the Bible. Go back to the Bible. And anytime demons are referenced, they call themselves them and they. They refer to themselves as us, them, and they. They never refer to themselves as a single demon. They talk about many demons, and they talk about them in the, in the sense of them, they. And then this morning, yes, as I was going to the bathroom, I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. Too much information, right? You take your phone to the bathroom with you. While I was in the bathroom this morning, I saw this video. I'd like to pull up this video right now for you if I can. This is going to blow your mind. Let's roll it. Uh, this past Sunday morning, around 6 in the morning, and at first I wanted to go back to sleep, but then I surrendered and I said, Lord, talk to me. What is it that you want to talk to me about? And we begin to have a... That was a really big lightning. We begin to have a conversation. <laughs> and... He said this to me. He said, do you know why the kingdom of darkness desires pronouns so badly? Do you know why the kingdom of darkness wants to own pronouns? And I just thought in my mind, I have no idea, Lord, I'm really sleepy. And he says, because I am the only one who can be they. I am that I am. I am the only they. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. My mind was blown. God, the only they. Three in one. The Lord woke me up uh, this past... So that gave me an entirely different thought process. Demons always wanted to be called they, them. I realized that when I was reading that story... And then I saw this today, and it makes you, makes you think, wow, demons have always wanted to be acknowledged in the same breath as God. And since God is the only them, they, the three in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the demons come in multitudes so they can be called them, they. And now they are literally occupying the trans youth of America because As we know throughout history, Satan always goes after the kids, right? Herod going after the kids. Pharaoh going after the kids, killing all little babies, right? Now they're attacking the kids this way, but they're not killing them in a sense. They're literally taking over their bodies and and controlling them. And they are being called them they. God is the only one that can be called them they. Not even the demons in multitude because they have only power that you give them. God is the only them they. God is the only three in one. God is the only omnipotent, all-powerful, everywhere, all the time being. There is no other. They are trying to replace God. And that's the same thing the Antichrist is going to do when he comes. He wants to be God. Hence why you have the Abrahamic house in the United Arab Emirates right now. Somebody said, can we have the link to that video? You can. It's on Instagram. So you may have to have Instagram, but I think you can watch it without even having it. I'm going to put it in the chat three times. I'm also going to put it in the uh, comment section below where it's easier to 
grab a video link and then put it into your browser, okay? So I've done that now. Folks, when you spend as much time as I do in politics and, and, and studying, you know, the, the Lord and, and I, look, I, look, I could spend more time studying the Lord. I, I can tell you that. I, that, that I admit, I could spend more time in the Bible, but the time that I do spend in it and the things that I do see while I'm constantly scrolling and monitoring and looking across the internet for things about God, things about Jesus, things about politics, things about so- social and cultural issues, I come across some of the greatest things. But, they, but it's never things that I didn't know. It's always things that reinforce what I'm already working on. So it's almost like I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm asking and listening to God, and God says, here you go, here you go, here you go. This will validate or justify what you're saying, doing, or working on. You have to be... onward Christian soldier right now more than anything. You cannot allow this transgender LGBTQ movement to continue anymore. Now, as bad as that sounds in America, just let people be free. We live in a free world. You know what the Bible says about toxic people like the ones we have in the United States right now? If you do not stop their behavior, that behavior will spread like wildfire and your entire nation will be consumed by that behavior and you will cease to exist. So if you want to continue along this political correctness way of thinking, if you want to continue saying, well, I don't want to be called a bigot or I don't want to be called a racist or I don't want to be called some crazy Christian, then you're allowing Satan to win with words, not even real battle. You're allowing Satan to destroy our children because you're afraid to speak up when you see one of these people and say, I rebuke this uh, demon out of you. You sick individual. I am here to help you. Jesus will save you. You know why we don't do that anymore? Because we're afraid of being judged. By whom? People who have no power to cast your soul into uh, the darkness of, uh, of hell? That's who we're afraid of? People's judgments? People's opinions of us? Meanwhile, our country is being eradicated by the they-thems that wish they had the standing of God. You're either in this war or you're not. It's that simple. You're either in this war or you are not. And God tells you you're at war. You may not want to be at war. You may live, you may live in your, your little... Uh, keyboard keyboard warrior world where your whole life is wish and etsy and instagram and snapchat and all that other crap oh, i'm not going to worry about that it doesn't matter you're still at war you're just losing you're just losing the battle and you're being turned into a slave period if you're one of those people that just say nah i'm not talking about it nah i'm not worrying about it you're just you're just losing you're just losing you're in the war the bible says all of us are in a war against spiritual darkness not in flesh and bone. You're at war and you don't even want to acknowledge it. Ignorance is bliss, isn't it? Isn't it? So you find yourself in hell, burning to death under you know, gnashing of the teeth. Well, Jeremy, that's not very Christian of you. Christians don't get their blood pressure up. <gasps> Christians don't scream at the top of their lungs. Christians don't lose their cool then you clearly haven't read the Bible. 
Strong men are needed now. Not men that can lift 600 pounds. Strong men in the spirit are needed now. Strong women are needed in the spirit now. And if you're going to allow yourself to be huddled into a corner out of fear of PC or that's not very Christian of you, I don't know what to tell you. You lost. You lost and you're losing the fight for everybody else too. Remember that story I told you about get off the fence? You want to know why? The devil owns the fence. You want to be sitting on his property? Because if you're sitting on the fence, he owns that too. Too many people on the fence. Too many people on the fence. They have no problem. I'm Donald Trump. I'm for Donald Trump. I'm for Donald Trump. I don't care if you call me a racist, you bigoted Christian. How dare you condemn and judge my lifestyle? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Oh, oh, oh don't take me wrong. You, can, you worship whatever you want to worship. You do whatever you want to do. Dress and drag. Tuck it back. Cut it off. Whatever. It's your life. Really? Really? No. Not me. Not anymore. Not anymore. Being a soldier of God is all not is, is not all sunshine and rainbows, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes you got to roll your hands up, roll your sleeves up and get your hands dirty. I'm not telling you to sin. I'm not telling you to have transgressions upon people who don't deserve them. I'm not telling you I'm not telling you to attack somebody just to attack them. I'm telling you for what I'm telling you is to stand up. Be counted. Is your name in the book of life or is it not? Because when you were put on this earth, your name was in the book of life. Did you blot out your name in the book of life? Are your actions blotting out your name in the book of life? Because it used to be there. Is it there today? Your name in the book of life, it used to be there. But I'll tell you what, if you don't stand up, For what is righteous and what is right and what is true in the name of God and in the eyes of the Lord, you will be told on that day, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I don't know you. I'm not going to be that guy. Joe says, what about the gentle gospel? I would point you to Ecclesiastes that says there's a time for everything. There's a time for everything. And Ecclesiastes tells you when that time is. That's what I would do. If you want to know what time is, what actions are appropriate for what situation, what circumstance, what time, go to Ecclesiastes. Because Ecclesiastes will tell you that there's a time for death. There's a time for anger. There's a time for dance. There's a time for joy. There's a time for love. There's a time for everything. Paraphrasing, but you understand what I'm saying. Is your name in the book of life? Because mine is. And I have, no, I have no question in my mind that God is going to say, Jesus is not going to say to me, depart from me, you worker iniquity. He's going to say, oh, man, <laughs> you're here? Uh, guys, Jeremy's here. He's loud. Put some earphones, put some headphones on. He's loud. He doesn't shut up. But I know him. I know him. I know you too, God. And I'll be there. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take you out the same way I brought you in, and that's with some beautiful music by Chris Davenport, Brandon Lake, and Cody Carnes. Plead the blood. I plead the blood of Jesus. And guess what? He knows me. Does he know you? 
Sean Ferris coming up next, and I'm back at 11. I'll see you then. Enjoy your Rise Up coffee. I love you all. Plead the blood. God bless. When he sees the red on the door, I plead the blood.